Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week, we checked out Jim Cummings' third feature film, The Beta Test. It follows a struggling Hollywood agent that finds himself ensnared in a sinister world of temptation, infidelity, and digital data. And if, if you've ever been in Maine, I mean, just growing up, everybody hates bikers, too. Oh, yeah. Don't show it, the like, road. It, that's, it, that's, it's, like the, that's the cool thing to do is to not show the not, road. Yeah, don't share. Scare the Fucking shit out assholes. of them. Beep your horn at them. Ride by. It's, it's terrible. And, it's, <laughs> I, I always like, so... move over to the other lane every time. I'm just like, all yeah, right. Dude, yeah, dude. I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I respect. If you're on a bike riding around and like you're really into it, respect. Because that's a commitment. It's an expensive commitment. And it's really good for you. It's a great way to stay in shape. Yeah, that's a great way to stay in It's a really good story. You know, I, I have uh, rectal cancer. It's slowly eating me away from the inside out, but it's, uh, you know, slowly, you know, it's a great way to stay in shape. You're going to have to just play the clip. Well, we should wrap this up. You're getting wet. Well, I'm living life before the cancer I have kills me, so uh, I don't mind the rain. Water feels good on my skin. It's cool, refreshing, and it's a great way to stay in shape. What kind of cancer? It's rectal cancer. It's slowly eating away at my lower insides. Uh, it's a quick process, both painful and untreatable, and it's a great way to stay in shape. Well, speaking of biking, uh, there is none to be had in this film, but uh, this week on Mainstream Boys... Spencer and I grabbed that big bucket of popcorn, a nice cold cherry Coke. And did you eat those ginger mints I got you? Yes. Are they in your car yeah. still? I put them in the uh, freezer. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No other way to have ginger mints. I had them during uh, The Harder They Fall, the Western on Netflix, The Harder They Fall. So, yeah. No, I got like 40 min- uh, 35, 40 minutes into that, and then my phone was going to die in the plane, so I turned it off. But Okay. Uh, not bad. Not bad. It's fun. It's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Um, I don't think either of us are big Western fans, but I, I, I was like westerns. It. I like westerns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It had a, it had like a full on like Red Dead Redemption train robbery scene, which was pretty sick. Yep. That's like kind of the scene that I saw, and then like yeah, very some stylistic stuff, but... for sure. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we grab those items. We sit down, maybe in a recliner these days. I got a new couch in my office, so I've been sitting down on that lately, watching movies and football and stuff. So that's been pretty fun, eating some hummus. We watch the new release movies of the week, and we get an epi- episode out to you whenever we damn well feel like it. Right, Spencer? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And this week, we watched Jim Cummings' third directorial film, The Beta Test. We have the covered beta test. all of Jim Cummings' directorial efforts, at least feature We have. have that's funny, dude. We've done Thunder Imagine Road. That. We've done <laughs> The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And now we've done The Beta Test. Um, the Beta Test. So, yeah, no, we've... Yeah, no, we've been a huge champion uh, for Jim Cummings. Nothing to do with the beta fish, which did you ever have a beta fish growing up? I did, yes. I uh, named really? it Nemo. And comedian Generic. Bob Marley, which you guys can look up. He's a real comedian. Uh, we were at a, uh, a comedy show when I was very young, like 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were at a comedy show, and he's like, does anyone have any fish in the uh, crowd? Does anyone have any pet fish? My sister, who was next to me, was like, yeah. And he's like, what's their names? My sister yelled out, like, Nemo and Scooby, because I think her, na- her fish was named Scooby. And Great. then uh, yep. he's like, Nemo? <laughs> what kind of loser names his fish Nemo? And I, do, I was crushed. 
I was like, just <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, I went home and I put my fish in the toilet and flushed it. And I was like, no oh, more. Man. I didn't know. I I kept it until it died. You like, committed murder. Later. No, you no, killed your it, fish it because of a comedian. Of natural, natural causes. But no, I was crushed. I was like, wow. My one of my favorite comedians is calling me a loser for naming a fish Nemo when I was 11 and I liked finding Nemo. So fuck me, I guess. Right. So, yeah. well, you could tell that obviously if you, he, he was fishing for somebody to make fun okay, of. Okay. Let's that talk moment. about the beta test now. I don't want to, that was, that was, bad. we don't want to rehash that. Well, no, you, really... that was just a horrible pun. And I just kind of want to, <laughs> you should be, on, you should listen to my other podcast. Cause that's all it is. No, thanks. Okay. So. Anyways, the beta test is available on VO day, VO day. It's on VOD and in theaters. If you would like to check it out in theaters, I think I think Jib, give Jib Cummings money because he should be making bigger films than this with actual actors. I bought it on iTunes. I pre-ordered it for fourteen ninety nine like three weeks ago on iTunes. Wow! And it you emailed like... me like at midnight on my phone. I got a notification. It was like, oh, beta test is available to watch. I was like. Fuck yeah. All right, let's go. And I didn't Spencer, watch it. Spencer, the biggest like Jim weekend. Cummings supporter ever, but I, I mean, am, it coming I, he, from yeah. we'll get into people it, but, that are, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. people that would love to make a film out of their basement, you know, we fully support Jim Cummings. I think here, he's but. one of the most inspirational independent filmmakers that is out there right now. That's just what I'll say. But yeah. He's going to blow up just like uh, Amelia Jones. He's going to blow up. Ooh. Oh, she's from Coda. Yeah, from Coda. Yeah. I hope it's going to happen. She's great. Uh, this movie is unrated. I couldn't find a rating on the film, but I'm just going to say R, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's IFC Films, and they sometimes don't do ratings, or they don't submit films to the MPAA or something like okay. that. I'm not quite Good. sure. Fuck because the MPAA. The IFC, sure, yeah. The IFC Films, they <laughs> produced uh, uh, The Clofitch Killer, which is a film that you and I watched recently Ooh, on Netflix. I wouldn't mind talking about that. But that was unrated as well, and I'd say that's like PG-13. But um, I also noticed that that was unrated going into it. So, with D- Josh McDermott, just Dylan McDermott, yeah, Dylan McDermott, right. But uh, yeah, American common Marshall. thread with IFC films leaving films kind of unrated, but it doesn't cutting matter. corners it's over there at IFC. To me. Yeah, half the time I, really I watch care. a movie, I don't even know what the rating is. But yeah. I mean, I don't have children, so I don't really fucking care. Yeah, honestly, why, why do we even talk about it? I don't know why. It's just on the it's on All the right. template, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an hour and a half. It's six point four on IMDb, a ninety four percent critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a fifty five audience. Because of those of you who watched it and don't really know what you're getting into, and I'm gonna, I'll be honest, <laughs> I am surprised it has taken this long. His third film for the audience to give it a fifty five after seeing Thunder Road and The Wolf of Snow Hollow, and kind of seeing his distinct taste of uh, the style of films that he does and the characters that he always writes. Uh, the um, I would have thought Thunder Road the audience would have been the same like fifty five but the audience is like ninety something really because, interesting yeah, same I... with uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow I think the audience is like sixty two or sixty three so it's still fresh for the audience um, and then now the audience is fifty five so it's it is going down but critically he's still thriving I mean because he's still making some some great movies it's it's interesting this one is definitely a different type of film but yet again. Jim Cummings is the star front and center in this movie as the main character, which love him or hate him. He's the whole movie. For those of you who don't know, the beta test is a film about a married Hollywood agent who receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, infidelity and digital data. So this film is basically a, mystery slash dark comedy to do with kind of how 
big companies and how the internet has taken over the world and is really listening to everything you do and knows everything about you. And it's sort of a social commentary on what would happen to a Hollywood director if somebody agent. were to find, or yeah, I'm sorry, Hollywood talent agent, um, if somebody knew everything about you and was trying to get you to cheat on your spouse, kind of, somewhat like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a it's a mystery within itself, but we do have Jim Cummings in here. Did Thunder War, Thunder Road, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. You know, I mean, for me going into it, I. I watched these movies because of Spencer, because otherwise I would never have heard of them in the first place. So uh, Spencer, and Nate are, Spencer and Nate are really helpful in that uh, aspect of checking out these kind of niche films. But I just thought the idea behind this movie, I, I honestly like I didn't know anything about it other than it being called the beta test. I had to look up what the synopsis was about 20 minutes in. I was like, wait, what? It, what am I? What's what's happening? What's going on here? But right away, you kind of you you see that the comedy that Jim Cummings brings into these movies where it's a really just kind of it's dark and sporadic and almost Edgar Wright-esque with uh, kind of the quick-witted like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, you're a fucking asshole, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> and it, like, it takes you by surprise and it's like, wait, should I be enjoying this? I don't really know. And then three movies into Jim Cummings, I'm like, yeah, okay, I think I enjoy it. Jim Cummings is just absolutely magnetic in front of the camera. He just brings this charisma and this, like, I don't know, like, you also just want to, like, like, you hate him so much at the same time, like, his character, at least, because Especially he's playing movie. these, just these like, weird fucking eccentric characters that just spiral in paranoia, and they have so much anxiety, and they're, like, any minute they're about to explode. And he plays that so fucking well. Like, I don't know any other actor that can do as good as a job of, like, just playing that type of role than Jim, as Jim Cummings does. Because, like, there's a scene in this movie where I think he's talking with the guy they're trying to sign, um, the Chinese guy. And they, uh, like, he's in the room and he's, he always, like, he has a mask on whenever he's in public. And he's trying to be, like, super nice and friendly and charismatic. And, like, he's smiling, but he has this, like, vein popping on his forehead. And he's, like, shaking. And he's, like... Dude, the, the scenes where he comes <laughs> like in, like what, he comes in mid conversation with the fake laugh. He's like, <laughs> "Oh, hey, by the way, I wanted to talk to you about this one thing." Uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah. so fucking perfect, it, especially for the character he's playing. It's like, man, I could totally see him in this scenario because you see him in this the short doc you sent me, and it's it's very much a representation, a very exaggerated representation of his actual personality. That's what it seems like to me. It's like he seems if- crazy. <laughs> It's like if someone like lit a fuse in like Jim Carrey or something, like and just Adam just make these like crazy over the top characters and they just spiral out of control. And he does this like physical acting that is just unlike anything you've seen before. Like, and he goes on these long monologues where he's mm-hmm. kind of just like spiraling out of control. He does it in Wolf of Snow Hollow when he goes on his like whole drinking binge. It's kind of same with Thunder Road. He does like a couple of scene. Um, well, one when he dances in the funeral and two when he's freaking out outside of the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, yep. there's he has that great scene towards the end at the uh, in the parking garage. And it, it's so well edited as well. Just like on like you just feel like the, 
him about to explode. And he, he does such a great job in the performance aspect too. Like he starts screaming at one point and then he, he just starts like, it's like, Oh, I'm raising my voice. Yeah, sorry. He's sorry. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. So I got this like letter to go to a room and there's a naked woman. Fuck. No, that's not true. Okay. Uh, the, <laughs> be honest. I'll be honest. <laughs> and like, he's just like, Oh my God, this guy is just crazy. But it's, it's so entertaining to watch because you just never he's know lying. what he's going to do next. He's lying to his fiance. He's like, yeah, I, I know. I, I, I kind of reeled you in here with, uh, this whole persona, but this Tesla's a lease. It's been a lease the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, it's just, it's, it's really, it's, it's honestly a really smart, the way they crafted the character is really smart. And the whole mystery of the film, aside from just Jim Cummings is actually really interesting because you're, you're alongside him trying to figure out really what the hell is going on. I don't know. I just found it. I just found it really engaging the temptation that they kind of use with the, with the letters and just, what they're really doing with it because it's not just jim cummings like crazy character but there's actually a whole story going on here that i actually really enjoyed yeah no they did a great job with the script and it it was honestly way more clever than i thought it was going to be because with thunder road and wolf of snow hollow i mean you can kind of follow them they're pretty linear this Mm -hmm. one like it is it's a mystery like it's kind of this like eyes wide shut slash under the Silver Lake type movie. I don't know if you've seen those films, but they're very nope. like they're like erotic <laughs> thrillers, but just like okay. also very like David Lynchian as well. Like they're just weird and like fucking strange, and you never know what's going on and until the end. And sometimes it's like this big puppet master behind it all. Um, and it goes down similar tropes as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie has like violence, uh, like sh- shocking violence in the beginning. The opening scene was pretty yeah. wild. That I was scene, kind of I was like, away. I was like, damn, we're going this direction with this movie. Yeah. But, uh, and then it happens again throughout. But yeah, the the movie is really clever in what it's setting up. And it's also terrifying because you could believe that this could happen for sure. I mean, it's very believable. your whole carbon footprint on the internet, everything that you've ever liked going back from the beginning of the internet. I mean, we grew up in a time where we were in like middle school when there was Facebook like it's so cringy seeing those memories pop up sometimes because you're like what the fuck jesus i gotta Dude. delete that it's oh terrible God. and just every day uh, if you just think about other companies getting a hold of that and possibly blackmailing you or something like that uh and just the, the level of um like the threat that they bring this movie to is in like yeah like committing adultery as well also in like the whole movement that we're, that we're in i mean they reference harvey weinstein like four or five times in this film yeah yeah so yeah it's smart. It's very clever. It's it's a well-written script. And I wonder how much of that is also because this is the first time that it is co-directed by someone else. It's not just Jim Cummings. Uh, it's uh, his friend PJ McCabe, McCabe, something like that. Um, it looks like they, they both in the kind film of as well. had this idea. Um, yeah, they wrote the script together. Yeah, They were like, and, what? Because obviously, I guess most movies, you come up with an idea and you're like, okay, that could be cool. Um, but then works, they obviously yeah. came up with the whole script and <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> Um, like, oh, what if we had a talking snowman named Olaf? Oh my yeah, god! Sisters okay, power. and then Elsa, and then there's Anna, and then there's a, a reindeer. Yeah. Um, but no, no. I, I am curious to know. Like, I wonder how much of an influence uh, the other guy was, PJ McCabe, because sure. uh, I thought that they they came up with a really cool concept and they executed it. I thought very well. It was a small budget. I think you saw on the documentary like, three hundred forty five thousand or something. Yeah, like it was that. crowdsourced. I fucking wish I knew about 
uh, the whole crowdsourcing because I would have donated for sure. I didn't discover Jim Cummins until uh, it was like in the pandemic. I remember being on Twitter. I donated uh, to the Blue Mountain State movie. You did. That's right. Did you ever get your perks? <laughs> I don't. I might have to look into that because I think I gave him ten bucks and I was supposed that to was get back like a the, mini poster or something. Yeah, that was back like a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember seeing on Twitter uh, this like sponsored trailer for Thunder Road. So I wonder how much of Jim Cummings was like, oh, I, I, everyone's at home on, online. I'll sponsor my uh, my trailer for the, my future debut. And because I, I would see it every day, I'm like Thunder Road, this trailer. I'm like, what the fuck is Thunder Road? And then I picked it for our podcast, and we yeah. all watched it. <laughs> so yeah, and ever since, it's, I'm like, damn, I'm we're following his career from now on because he is a very unique storyteller. For sure, it's been cool to watch him as a director and as just honestly an actor kind of evolve. Um, I do think he plays very similar characters just in the sense of like how he conducts himself with the monologues and the mannerisms. And he is very, very entertaining. He's had to grow on me over time because it is very unique and different. It's Um, so dry. Yeah, it it is. But like, I feel like both, at least you and I are able to relate on that sort of dry, witty, just kind of nonsense humor at times where it's, it's just, it's just perfect for our personalities. So maybe that's why sure. A 55, audience rating people are like what is this shit like i I guarantee someone would watch this movie and be like that was actually uh, it was thrilling and kind of weird and terrifying and not laugh whatsoever i literally laughed out loud four times in this movie like i literally like (laughs) there was one scene where he he's on the phone and it's so cringy with his old friend and he's like hey was it you was it you and she's like no i don't know what you're talking about and he's like okay yeah this is weird okay yeah all right cool yeah yeah talk to you later bye okay. it's and i know it's throws the funny phone, though then he, then he throws the phone through the fucking window and it smashes and then his assistant pops up and he's like hey jacqueline um so tomorrow i'm gonna need you to <laughs> like just gives her like a task like so nonchalant i literally like those three things i'm like that was genius that was just an hilarious scene that i guarantee I don't know how many people laughed during that, but I was. It laughing. translates to the to the other character too when they're in the bar and PJ's trying to tell him about something, and then the bartender comes over with like his drink. He's like, "Just fuck off! I'm trying to tell him something." And then <laughs> the guy's awesome. like really sad, and then after that, he's like, "I, I gotta go apologize. I gotta go apologize." <laughs> it's like, it's just the the shit like that. It's just it's it's so dry and just like it's just funny, you know. Unre- I mean, that, I feel like that type of shit doesn't really happen. But if it did, I would really laugh in that situation. One thing I do want to mention about this movie, though, is that you don't really have any likable characters. Yes, there's there's likable moments in the movie, but in terms of the characters, you're not going to find someone that you find relatable or somebody that you care about. But then again, you're in Hollywood with these like talent agents, and like those aren't going to be likable people to begin with. But I don't know if that's a negative I can say for the movie, but I found it hard to actually latch on to a character as a human being. Um, and care about what they were doing. That was something I had a yes, problem with. Yes, for sure. I, I totally understand and get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, there's so many movies that don't have any unlikable characters that I love. I mean, like American Psycho. There's not one fucking likable character in that movie. Fair. Maybe Willem Dafoe as the FBI agent, but like, why would you fucking like him? He's... Yeah, but anyways, I mean, like, there's so many movies yeah, that I can think of where there's unlikable characters that are still great. Because uh, it also makes some sometimes movies kind of be entertaining because you know in life you don't want to encounter these types of people. <laughs> did you but, get uh, did you get uncut gem vibes from this movie? Because I did. Yes, just in yeah. the the, the uh, sporadic and just like really, the, there was no breaks from Jim Cummings' character. You were with him 
for the long haul, and he was crazy the whole time. So you never really got a break, and that stressed and me you, out. You do have like yeah, like this <laughs> constant like like someone lit a fuse, and it's just you're waiting for it to blow up. And sure. that was this movie, and that was Uncut Gems. Like the entire time, there's just so much anxiety just with watching the character make so many crazy decisions left and right. Um, yes. But for me also, like that's what makes the movie so entertaining because I'm just constantly like on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? Uh, so I'm. I'm usually pretty entertained by those types of films, but I like my girlfriend can't handle them for sure. Like she couldn't watch Whiplash. She was like, this "No, this too is scary there's too her. much anxiety in this movie. I can't, I cannot handle it." And it was the same with uh, like Prisoners. Like just it, it was too yeah like fucking it, it was too much. And so people are this like, "This is that. like one of those films where I, I was sitting there and I was like, if I was anybody else, I wouldn't be able to look between the lines and enjoy this movie." It would just be like I would see it at it at the surface, and I would be like, "What the hell is going on?" Like this, I can't latch onto this film at all. And I think that's the mainstream audience where we are on mainstream boys, but this is really not a mainstream boys film. No, it's, it's a total fit that it's with IFC Films. It's an independent feature that they you know like crowdsourced, and he edited it in his closet, as you saw in the behind the yep. scenes documentary, and they turned Respect. their garage into a like surround sound studio and color studio and i think they composed the score in the garage so it's it's very hands-on like anyone can make a movie type deal and i think in that regard and i think what they made it's it's even more impressive um something to mention as well is i he really experimented with the filmmaking style in this movie um from the scenes where he's like in a restaurant and there's a girl across the room and it's basically supposed to imply that he's dealing with temptation or something and it was like these close-ups of these like women just like glaring at him or like i don't know give him a look or something and uh i don't know i just thought that they use that in a really cool storytelling way and well, it's the ended way that... really well was, yeah i think the scene yeah when they're all out to dinner and uh that girl yeah they did it a couple of times it was just um, uh in terms of filmmaking it, like, he... for that budget like really well done yeah, like he wakes up as well, and there's a plate on the ground, like kind of like spinning. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a handful of times they do that. Did in the that movie. actually happen with the plate? That was the one thing. I'm like, someone break in? I guess not. That was yeah. That was a little dreamy for sure. They're very uh, kind of like as I said, David Lynchian. Um, did you also notice that there was a purple tint throughout the entire movie, even during like day exteriors when he was just out on the street? Like there was no, just like purpley look to the movie. And I mean, the I think it was the movie was under like Purple Envelope LLC, like that was in the okay. credits, and he also has that in the description somewhere. So uh, I was wondering how much they color corrected some scenes to look kind of purpley, because there was definitely a purpley tint, and it made me wonder if there was something wrong with my TV. So if you didn't notice it, maybe there's something no, wrong with my TV. But it also <laughs> made sense to me because there was such a purple fucking theme throughout the whole movie. So I was like, okay, maybe there's that's intentional. But when like, he's describing yeah. the film in the short. In the short documentary, he mentions the purple envelope as like a very central part of the plot description. So oh, sure, there's a whole scene clear... where he's in- interrogating people who made the envelope. Yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly, it was a main focus on when when they even came up with the original concept is this whole purple thing. But to be fair, like purple is a, is the color of like royalty and like it, it's always yeah. been a color to represent that type of thing so you know it does make a lot of sense since they're targeting these type of people who are yep. easily exploitable absolutely um so again i mean this movie is a social commentary and it's very very smart in how it explores it and 
I think it also does deserve multiple viewings because especially the third act, there is a lot of exposition that needs to be explored that if you blink, you'll miss it. And it does do a lot of explaining that will make the overall film make a lot of sense. So that's the thing. Yes, (laughs) because when this movie first ended, I think I watched it on Saturday. When it first Mm -hmm. ended, I was overwhelmed. I was like, wait a second. It's a lot. (laughs) I was, and I was like, that was probably my least favorite jim cummings movie like i i I liked it but i was like that was that was that was a little much but the next day i was like thinking about it i was like that was that was weird like what the fuck was that movie and i rewatched it i rewatched it last night and it got so much better on the rewatch i was like this is honestly maybe his best (laughs) but uh it, it was really smart in just the way that they executed the film uh, the characters, I thought, even though they were very unlikable, I mean, the friend's kind of likable, the PJ. I mean, besides fine. being a dick yeah, to the, fine. <laughs> the bartender. Sure. sure. I mean, I, yeah, maybe he's, a, sure, I'd give him likable enough. They're Hollywood people. Like, they're all going to be kind of assholes to get to get ahead. Right. Like, it is what it is. But just Jim Cummings doing the thing that he does best in all three of his movies, which is just have emotional breakdowns uh for like unbroken takes (laughs) it's just so good at it dude amazing i could watch a whole feature of that in fact i think that's what the thunder road short film was was that just one take of him breaking down in the funeral home uh (laughs) so it's it's so great he found a niche and he's he's in his lane and he's sticking with it i will say though i mean i am curious to see what he does from here i mean if he and PJ are going to continue directing together and writing together, because I would love to see more uh, creative stuff that they come up with because I think they're a good team. Um, But also I'm like, if he's proven that he is great as a solo filmmaker as well, doing Wolf of Snow Hollow and Thunder Road. Then keep uh, doing that. Yeah. I'd be curious to know what he would do for a other feature. Um, I, I did, I did notice that you wrote a question about what you would think he, what should he direct a film that he's not in? That was that's my biggest question here is like I know that clearly we know with three features that he can he can do a film where he is the central character um and has clearly all the control but I would love to see a movie where it isn't Jim Cummings where he's behind the camera and really has a chance to direct somebody else um yeah I I really would just like to see how that pans out you know I think that'd be cool Yes, I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, if he does that, by all means, I'm. He's already got my money. If he, whatever he's making, I'm gonna buy and watch. So I guarantee, like from, yeah. the, from here on, like he's made some incredible movies already. So uh, whatever he wants to do, for sure, absolutely. Uh, but the thing is, if he does that and he's not in the movie, I feel like I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna be like, oh, I want Jim Cummings to come in and have an emotional well, breakdown. If like, he wasn't, if <laughs> if he wasn't the starring character, you know, yeah. I, and like I know that just because of the filmography we've seen, he has he is the movie. In all three of the films he does, he's the main character. Um, because at this point, I just see Jim Cummings. Yes, I see the character he's playing, but like it's his movie. He's the writer. He's everything to do with the film. So it's hard for me not to see him, even though he's not like an A list guy. He is kind of for us in this aspect. But I just want to see what he can <laughs> do. This guy for us, yeah. For yeah, sure. exactly. That's the thing. Is like, but I just want to see what he can do outside of that realm and i'm sure after these movies somebody's gonna be like okay we gotta explore this guy's talent and they're gonna give him a directing a directing job and on something well, else yeah so. i think wolf of snow hollow was uh mgm studios like with a budget i mean it was a pretty big movie that looked really okay. nice and it, it, yeah i don't know i just feel like if he does direct something and he's not starring in it 
I'll miss him a lot. And <laughs> I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah. But well, um, I, I, if he does it, by all means, I am interested for sure. I guess let's try to look at it through a different scope rather than somebody who feels like they have to. We could easily get Jim Cummings on this podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish that'd be <laughs> awesome. But uh, uh, what no. would you give this one overall? Yeah. So on the first watch, I was leaning anywhere between a three to a three and a half. Like I definitely liked it a lot, but I still was just overwhelmed. Um, now having rewatched it, I would get this to a four and a half out of five. I'd say it's in my top 10 of 2021 so far. It is just unique. It entertained me even on the rewatch It entertained me even more. Um, I loved the whole low budget aspect and the inspirational message of just like, yeah, make movies with your friends. You can do it. You have Adobe creative cloud. We have that. I mean, we have you and I combined to have equipment to make a 4k film and we could go shoot I'm a drone movie. pilot. We can do the aerial shit that they <laughs> have in this movie too. It's like, it, it can, yeah. it, it's so inspirational. It's like, you can do this if you have a good script and good people around you and obviously a little bit of money to help finance the shit. Uh, you could Some do it. connections would so, be nice. In that aspect, I just respect the movie so much more than you know other films that get put out in theaters. But yeah, no, this is just a. I'm also a Jim Cummings fanboy, so I uh, I'll watch anything he does. So I'm gonna go four and a half out of five. This is one of my favorites of the year. This is this is great, and I like the addition of his friend co-writing and directing with him. I'd be interested to know how much of his input was really in this film as well. But yeah, it was cool. And if it's you creative. take a look at this, uh, this maybe we can link the uh, the short film, the short doc that goes along with this. But just the camaraderie and the the small group of people that he seems to have alongside him to create all of his projects. Um, it's it is really inspiring from uh, people like Spencer and I to want to go out and do something like this. Like it's just anybody can do it if you have the drive and if you have sort of the 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 talent or a good script, like you said. Then why the hell not? Um, and Jim Cummings is definitely an inspiration for that. But for this film, um, after watching it one time, you've seen it twice. Um, I definitely share the same thoughts where I just think Jim Cummings is electric on screen. He really writes these scripts to fit him as a person into these characters where he just he just really kills it in every scene he's in. The filmmaking in this movie, I think, is the best of the three that he's done so far. Um, I love the uh, the style that he uses. It's very tension filled, and um, he uses a lot of different color and stuff, like reds and purples, like you mentioned. Um, and it's very vibrant. So, and it's a it's a mysterious film. It really you really do have to be on the edge of your seat throughout this one to really kind of figure out what the hell's going on. And it's current. It's trying to tell a story, um, and it, it does a very good job at that. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a three and a half out of five, without seeing it again. I, I I know for a fact it would go up, but at least after one viewing, I'm going to go three and a half. I think it's a, it's a very good um, small film, so it's worth I mean, checking I, out. I've been wanting to rewatch Thunder Road and Wolf of Snow Hollow because I think I've only seen those movies once, and I've given all of his movies a four and a half out of five. So oh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> I could you know they could all be five out of fives. Just then you get triple feature levels, maybe so. in a in a box set or something. Jim if Cummings he, if box Jim set. Jim Cummings, yeah. If he puts out a, a box set 4K Blu-ray of his movies, I will absolutely purchase it. On Criterion? And, uh, Ooh. That would that'd be asking a lot for Criterion to put Wolf of Snow Hollow on. Uh, I feel like platform, it, they could do but... some cool cover art, though. Like, in the, the behind the scenes, like, it would actually be worth doing a Criterion for for his films. Like, without a doubt, it would be inspirational. 
if they do a Thunder Road 4K Criterion, I would 100% cop that. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. And I don't even yeah. know if it has a Blu-ray release. I I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Uh, let's check. Thunder Road. Apparently, it does on Amazon for thirty-five dollars. Okay, that's steep. Wolf of Snow that's Hollow very steep. And Wolf of Snow Hollow, yeah, fourteen ninety-nine. But that makes sense. Um, really? Like that would be more Thirty-five dollars on Blu-ray. Well, it's probably because it's not really Apparently. in demand, and probably you know maybe he's putting it out. Wait, no, he oh, special wait, edition Blu-ray. This it is says. His, maybe he did this and he's just self. I wouldn't put distributing it. That could be the case. If that's the case, and the money's going right to him as he's doing this, fucking, I'm buying it. <laughs> like, it looks pretty bare bones, like the artwork and the back, the back of the copy. Like, yeah, so that's like, on, like did he this. do it? Like, yeah, it literally says Sundance on the back of the Blu-ray. Like, when do we ever see that? I think the Thunder Road should be put out on uh, Criterion. So, I will second that honestly. Petition, anyways. All okay. right, yeah, beta test. Definitely rent it or watch it uh, anywhere on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, wherever you rent movies. Support Jim Cummings and indie yeah. filmmakers. Support small filmmakers. It is worth it if you like film. If you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you we're on we're in the same boat. Um, but Spencer, if we were to make an episode next week, what are we watching? Oh, fuck, it's a great question. <clears throat> okay. <coughs> so, uh, yeah. So we definitely have some options for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, we have some options. Is we it Clifford have... the Big Red Dog? I saw a poster. Yep, I saw a billboard so for Clifford on today. Wednesday. We have Clifford <laughs> the Big Red Dog coming out got on pushed. Paramount Plus. Here and we are. Uh, Holy so shit! There's that. I used to watch the cartoon right before school. Emily is the bad. Um, we have, uh, in theaters, we have on Friday, November 12th, we have Belfast, which is Kenneth Branagh's new film. It's in black and white. It is most likely in contention to win best picture. I mean, I think I you added a syllable pretty... there. What? Most likely, not most likely. You added an most extra likely? syllable. Yeah. Most Just likely. for next time. If you're in a conversation with someone that matters, you probably don't want to say most likely. Well, it's most likely going to win... Best picture. You're missing a syllable now. If you're, if that interests you, you Int- I, yeah, I'm interested. I'd never heard of it. I know it's a town in Maine. I didn't know it was a film. Belfast. Um, yeah, it's another place as well. And then on Netflix, oh boy, we have oh, probably giddy, giddy. the most realistic choice. Unfortunately, oh boy, we have Red Notice. Is that is that from the Red franchise? Red One, Red One, Red Two, and then Red Notice. Nope. This is a new action film that is the biggest film that netflix has ever distributed it has like a budget of 170 million um holy shit but most that's where the, the everything sucks money uh went. this is no this is dwayne johnson this is ryan reynolds this is gal gadot damn it fbi agent an art thief and some con man action two-hour extravaganza movie on netflix I really wanted to say it's we like have 30 to do Clifford, but now Tomatoes I feel already. like we have to do this. <laughs> I want to do Clifford so bad, just to hate myself. And... It's the biggest movie that Netflix ever did, uh, or has ever done. Um, but... Outside of maybe Bright with Will Smith, that one was Here's fucking terrible. $20 million went to Dwayne Johnson. $20 million went to Ryan Reynolds. $20 million went to Gal Gadot. So all $60 million just went to the three leads. 
just for them to be there. Leftovers for production and everyone else. It's like, okay. Wow. Oh, my God, Netflix. They're well, dishing out some money and the payday for the actors because, holy shit, that's the payday. Oh, and we also have Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney+. Plus. This is the uh, Home Alone sequel, like in the same universe as Home Alone because Biff from the, the first Home Alone is a cop in this movie. Why? Why? I don't know. It also has Ellie Kemper and um, the is Macaulay kid Culkin from in Jojo it? Rabbit. No, the kid from Jojo Rabbit is like the new... Oh, that would be the perfect like um, 99 cent version of Macaulay Culkin. Okay. But yeah, it doesn't look very good, but it's on Disney Plus. Um Home Sweet Home Alone, Red Notice, Clifford the Big Red Dog, all streaming films and then in theaters, an Oscar contender, Belfast. Might have to post a poll or uh in terms of Instagram a question where there's no wrong answer to see which film you want us to watch. I wouldn't mind doing that. Oh god. Well, why would we fucking do Clifford the Big Red Dog? Like, why? Just because it would be fucking pointless and stupid, and I would love to do that. <laughs> I think we should do Clifford. That's just me. I, I think it would be so funny. It's like doing Captain Underpants. Like, why not? I Give mean, me a good reason the, why not. The sad thing is, is like, I honestly would rather watch Clifford the Big Red Dog than Red Notice. There you go. Then we're doing and- it. <laughs> and Red Notice is like clever. one of the biggest movies of 2021. But like, don't who, care. Who gives a fuck? You've seen the movie a hundred times before. If you've seen, like, and I haven't seen Clifford since I was ten. So this is the time to revisit Clifford. I don't know. I, I'll consider it. I'll consider it. But I also would uh, be interested to see that poll and and to know what. Just know I'm advocating for Clifford, and I have five Instagram accounts to follow us. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast mainstream boys we come out every week if we feel like it and uh you can go ahead and check us out at those movie dudes on instagram to stay up to date with everything to do with the podcast and yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next week quack thanks for listening to another episode of mainstream boys new episodes release every tuesday and you can stay up to date with everything related to those movie dudes by following us on instagram